So last week, uh, Pastor Mark started this series for us, uh, just simply called Unlimited Prayer. We're looking at one of the Apostle Paul's great prayers in Ephesians 3. Now, I want to give you a, a quick thought about the book of Ephesians that will help us through the whole series if, you'll, if you can grab this thought. So one of the main themes of the book of Ephesians is this. God made you to glorify Him. God made you to glorify Him. So if you read everything through the book of Ephesians, if you hear everything in this prayer series through this thought that God made you to glorify Him. So how, how, do, how do you do that? How, how does that affect your prayer? Well, here, here's how it looks. When I come into agreement with God in my prayers, when I come into agreement with God in my, the way I talk, the way I think, the way I decide, the way I act, with my attitude, with my actions, when I walk in agreement with God, not only do I glorify Him, but Satan loses. God wins and Satan loses. And so um, every time we do that, every time we participate that way, the kingdom of darkness shrinks and the kingdom of God expands. So you might remember in um, Corinthians, Paul said, the weapons of our warfare are not of this world. So the way that you and I win victory is not the way that the people in the world, we don't do it through power, we don't do it through legislation, we don't do it through government, we don't do it through politics, we don't do it through money, we don't do it through fame. How does the New Testament believer win victory? We do it by using different weapons, and the Bible talks about what weapons God has given us, prayer, the Word. So when Jesus went to win victory for the whole world, he went into the garden and he said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But there was no other way. So Jesus refused to try to do God's work Satan's way, which is as as important as doing God's work. And what he did is he said, I submit to you and I surrender. And you know what happened? He went to the cross and died, and the whole world won the greatest victory we've ever known. Because Jesus came into agreement with the Father. So when you and I take on counterintuitive often weapons and tools of prayer and humility and submission and obedience and grace and the fruit of the Spirit, we walk in agreement with God and it produces great victories in our life. So having said that, let's look at Ephesians chapter 3, 17, 16 and 17, and let's look at uh, another part of Paul's prayer, and uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about unlimited prayer, okay? I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. Circle that word. Power. Note that word. Underline that word. Highlight that word. I, I, I pray out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, unlimited prayer requires unlimited power. So I want to share with you this morning three things about God's power. Here's the first one. Number one, God's power gives us more of Jesus. So here's what I'm going to actually do. I'm going to actually give the whole thing away. Like I'm going to give the whole sermon away, the whole series away, the whole uh, prayer. Paul's prayer in chapter 3, I'm going to give the whole thing away right here. The goal, the hope, the dream, the burden, the result 
of this kind of prayer is that you and I would have more of Jesus in our life. That's the whole, that's the whole thing. So what we're going to actually do is we're going to walk through this scripture backwards. We're going to start at 17 and work our way back into 16, and then you'll see where the, where the source of all this comes from. Now, you might have the same thought that I had when I first read this verse. It says, verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Isn't, isn't that a... Um, isn't that an interesting thing to say to Christians? Paul the Apostle wrote this scripture. I mean, you might, you might be tempted like I to say, were they, were, they not, were they not already Christians? Why is he saying Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith? I thought they were already saved. I thought that's what getting saved was. I thought it was becoming a Christian was. And the answer is they were Christians. And if Christ dwells in your heart, you're a Christian. But what Paul was praying, watch this, is that they would become more Christian. Because you know the goal of the Christian life is not to just to go to heaven. The goal of the Christian life is not just to check the box, get some fire insurance, make sure you don't go to hell, make sure you know maybe nothing bad will happen to you if you're really good, and just kind of sketch out and go to heaven. The goal of this life is the life of Jesus in you now. That's the goal of this life. And that's what Paul was actually praying, is that they would have, listen to this, more Jesus. Would you say that with me? More Jesus. They had Jesus, but they didn't have enough Jesus. And Paul was praying that they would actually have more Jesus in their inner being. So, so let's think about that for us for a minute. How much are you not like Jesus? Where in your life are you not like Jesus? When are you most not like Jesus? See, in, in the South where we've been plagued with cultural Christianity, the person says, I know my uncle was a pastor, my grandmother prayed for me all my life. I grew up, I went to, you know, whatever, summer camp. I, I got saved 14 times by the time I was 15. Yeah, I know all about it. I know how church works. I know how God works. I get it. I'm, I'm good with the man upstairs. You know what you need? You need more Jesus. You don't have enough yet. <laughs> and I don't have enough yet. Because there's some places in my life that I'm not like Jesus. There's some times in my life I'm not like Jesus. And that's what Paul was praying. He was saying, hey... God, I pray that they would have, I pray that they would have more Jesus. Now there's tools and methods and all of this stuff, but none of it addresses the real issue that we're not like Jesus enough. Do you know when the church is going to make its biggest impact? When we get more of Jesus. That's when we're going to make our biggest impact. It's not when we're going to compete with the productions of the world or make things just as shiny, or just as slick, or just as attractive, or get just as many likes, or just as many shares, it's when we get more Jesus. we got to get that straight. When we get more Jesus, that's when things change. And that's what Paul was praying. So I'll tell you how I've done it in my, uh, oftentimes in my 21 days of prayer, here's how I've done it in my life. I would make a list. 
I'll just write it down, inside, usually inside the devotional. I'll make a list of here's the things I'm going to be praying about while I'm going through this 21 days. And I'll list all the places in my life where I have tension. The things that are unresolved, the prayers that are unanswered, the decisions that I need to make that I don't know how to make. The places I, it looks like I need God to really break through. The burdens that I'm carrying, the weight that I'm carrying, the unresolved issues of my life. I list those things down and I say, okay, this is what I'm going to be focusing on for 21 days. And then here's what I do. And then I take it to Jesus' feet and I lay it down and I surrender it and I say, now, let me leave where I'm at and let me go where God is. And I say, God, (laughs) I don't want a prayer pray prayers centered in me, I want to pray prayers centered in you. So what I'm asking you to do is show me your will about these things. Show me your way. Show me your plan. And by the way, while you're revealing your will, why don't you just go ahead and reveal your will about things I'm not even talking about? Because I'm pretty sure there's some things that you've been trying to get me to see that I haven't been able to see, maybe because I'm focused on these things. So God, I'm asking you, reveal your will to me. And and you know what, while you're doing that, go ahead and back up a step further and reveal yourself. I want to know you in ways I've never known you. And you pray God-centered prayers. And what will happen is, you know what you'll get? You'll get more Jesus. You'll start to talk a little different. You'll start to think a little different. Your faith will come up a little bit stronger. You'll begin to interact with those that you love a little differently. You'll begin to interact with people you don't like different. You know why? Because that's what more Jesus looks like. More Jesus. So Paul prayed, God, give us your power that we might have more Jesus. Number two, God's power gives us inner strength. Now, Paul um, and the early church were in difficult times, right? Um, Some of the original disciples had been martyred. I mean, I want you to imagine this. This movement that had begun on earth that had never existed before sprung up quick and spread fast, but there was a lot of persecution and resistance. And so several of the disciples, by the time this book was written had been martyred, and almost all of them had been scattered, and they were meeting in little house churches in different cities and different countries, by and large only connected by these letters that we call the New Testament, or when a person would travel and bring some kind of update that would take maybe months, weeks or months to travel. And and furthermore, Paul himself, who was like the patriarch or the the grandfather, the parent of a lot of this, these churches, the leader, the founder. I mean, not Jesus was the founder, but of who was alive in this moment. Paul was in prison. He was in jail, not because he stole something, not because he lied, not because he mistreated somebody, because he was preaching about Jesus. Any one of us that shared our faith with our friends under the same law could be put in prison. So he was, in, he was in jail. He was writing from jail. Can you imagine how discouraging that was to those Christians at that time? These were discouraging times. And I'm so glad the New Testament doesn't shy away from that because we, we live today in discouraging times. 
I mean, if you back up and just look at it for a minute, if you're in the medical field or maybe in education, you've been on the front lines of fighting all the disruption of COVID and all that, and it, it's, a, it's a draining time. It's a discouraging time. Business leaders who've had to pivot and pivot and pivot and pivot and pivot and figure out how we're going to keep our employees paid and keep things running. It, it's, been a, it's been a discouraging time. And, and we haven't even begin to think about the people who died too early. We've all been to those funerals. We've all had people close to us, or at least that we knew. And a lot of people haven't taken care of themselves very well. The stress and the pressure and the, the moving through life, we, we oftentimes have ignored our own health or the, the principles that we know that help us to thrive the most. Mental health issues have skyrocketed. Uh, minorities have suffered. People who are vulnerable have suffered the most. Politics has continued to just ramp up to a toxic point that it just rips people apart. And the effects on children and teenagers, I don't think we even know yet what the effect on the young is now or is going to be. From growing up in a time like this, here's what we do know. We do know two things for certain. Generation Z or Zoomers are the most anxiety-filled generation we've ever seen. Number two, they're also the least Christian. So, these are discouraging times. And then it seems like you might not, I don't know, I know that all the social media sites kind of feed you what you, what you look at or what you you know, you're, you're, they're specialized to you. But it seems like every week I see on one of my social media feeds that a Christian leader, worship leader, pastor, influencer, author has gone through a deconstruction journey and has reflected on life and figured out that God's not real and, and they've left their faith. And a can, can we just say, is it okay if we just say that's discouraging? It is discouraging. And then when it's not that, what you see is a Christian leader of influence has had a moral failure. One after another after another. It's not an admission of defeat. It's not an admission that we've lost to admit that it's discouraging. It's discouraging to have people who've ministered to you, who've helped you, who've impacted you, who've made a difference in your life, who now have either had an integrity failure or turned their back on God. It's discouraging to watch. I mean, we've also lived in discouraging times. Do you know I just read, according to George Barner's report, 38% of pastors are presently considering quitting. Ministry. Not their church, all church. Ministry. And on top of that, we know from the pandemic, 20% of believers who were connected to the church have abandoned all forms of church since the pandemic. So you and I look around and we look and we say, oh, whatever happened to so-and-so? They used to sit there, used to sit there, they used to serve here, or they used to do whatever. And you say, I don't, I don't, where, where did they go? That's discouraging. There's a shaking going on. There's a sifting. Right? Cultural Christianity and celebrity Christianity is dying. 
And it must die so that we can have a resurrection. It must die. It must die. What are we going to do? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do what God's people have done for thousands of years. We're going to get deeper. Every time God's people get in trouble, they get deeper. They dig in. They set roots. They pray. They pray. (laughs) That's what we're going to do. And not only are we going to get deeper, we need to get wider. We need to impact and influence the community around us with the good news of Jesus, with the power and presence of God. But we can't do it if we don't have more Jesus. we got to get deeper. Paul didn't pray in a vacuum. He didn't just throw out like rose petals these prayers. Oh, Lord, we pray that you would strengthen them in their inner being because that sounds like a nice thing to say. No, he said, these churches are suffering, and they're being persecuted, and they're hurting, and I'm in jail, and we're discouraged. God, give them power in their inner being that they might be strengthened for the hour that we live in. That was his prayer. That was his prayer. It's not a bad prayer, is it? So we need more Jesus We need to be strengthened in our inner being. Here's the last one. You ready? God's power is unlimited. Now, you got to get this part. Our prayers can be unlimited because God's power is unlimited. Look at verse 16 again, okay? I pray that out of His glorious riches. Why is God's power unlimited? Because it has an unlimited resource. It's called the glorious riches of God. God's God's power, you're never going to have a power outage. Your lights are never going to flicker. Your internet to heaven's never going to go down. You want to know why? Because God's power is resourced by His glorious riches. Man, if we've known anything the last two years, it's disruption. I've been to restaurants that were out of food. I went to a chicken restaurant, and they said, we have anything but chicken. And I said, I don't don't even know what to do. What do you mean you don't? That's what you do. You do chicken. We're out of chicken. Okay. I've been to grocery store shelves. (laughs) They were empty. There's been times in my life I looked at my bank account and there was nothing in it. I've driven my car till it ran out of gas and I had to walk. I've asked people for help who couldn't help me. I've come to the end of long days where I wish I had another hour or two because I didn't have enough time. Just ran out of time. I've been through circumstances so hard my body ran out of energy and I had nothing left to give. I've been so sleep deprived I couldn't think straight, let alone make a good decision. I've cried so long that no more tears would come out. I've gone to the wisest people I know and I've asked them questions and they said, I don't know the answer. But let me tell you something that's never happened to me. Never. Never, come on, you'll get it. Never, come on, never, you'll get it. Never, 
Never. Come on. Do it with me. Never. Never. Never one time. Never one time in my life have I ever gone to God. Never have I ever gone to God. And he said, you'll have to come back later because I'm out. Never. Never. He's never said, I'm out. I don't have enough. Come back later. I already gave away all I had. Never. You know why? Because his power is resourced by his glorious riches. Come on, stand up with me now. We're going to pray. And I want to invite you to pray right now. If you're online, maybe you're watching a replay, I'm going to invite you to pray right now. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray those three those three parts of Paul's prayer. This is what 21 days of prayer are, isn't it? It's not listening to someone else pray. It's praying yourself. So let's pray. Let's start right here. Let's thank God for his power and his glorious riches. Would you just begin to do that? How many times has God come through for you? Lord, we thank you today for your power. God, I thank you today for the power of Jesus resourced by all of heaven that will never run out. I thank, Come on, I thank you for unlimited power. I thank you for unlimited grace. I thank you that you're never going to run out of love or mercy or power or grace or ability to change anybody's life. God, I thank you today for the glorious riches of heaven. And now let's pray the second part of that. Ask God to give you inner strength. Ask him for yourself. Come on, just begin to pray for yourself. Lord, I ask you today that you would give me, I'm not some superhero, I'm not infallible, I'm a human. I'm a frail human who has weaknesses and gaps in my life, and I need your strength today. And God, I pray that you would strengthen me on the inside with your power. God, I pray you would give me strength inside my life. Strengthen me today, Lord. Inner strength to be the person you want me to be. Inner strength, Lord, to agree with you. Inner spiritual strength that I need to endure and be encouraged in these discouraging times. I want you to pray it over your family now. Lord, I pray pray my husband, my wife, my children, my grandchildren, my parents, begin to cover your family. Lord, we pray today online, wherever you are, begin to cover your family. Lord, we pray for inner strength in our family. God, we pray that you would give inner strength to that family unit, spiritual strength, encouragement, Lord, power inside. Now I want you to pray for Kingwood Church. Lord, we pray for this church that we would have strength inside. God, put strength inside of this church by your power. Strengthen us inside, Lord. Make us spiritually deep and spiritually strong so that we might grow wide and have an impact. Lord, encourage today. And then the last part of that prayer, ask God to put more Jesus in your life. Come on, just pray it over yourself. Lord, I need, I need more Jesus. I have gaps in my life. I have spaces in my life where I'm not like you. I have times in my life where I'm not like you. And I ask you today to put more Jesus inside me. I need more Jesus in my thoughts. I need more Jesus in my words. I need more Jesus in the way I decide and the places that I think about, the people that I think about and the things that I do. God, I need more Jesus. More Jesus. My outlook and my perspective in life needs to be fueled by Jesus more. And pray it over your family now. God, we pray more Jesus in our family. 
God, in each family member, in each child, in our spouse, Lord, put, let this be the year that more Jesus, more G, more like Jesus, flow, Lord, today. And can you imagine how different this church would look 12 months from now if more Jesus got into it? God, we pray over Kingwood Church that we'd be more like you. God, let your power flow today that more Jesus would enter into this place. Those who are watching online, Lord, let more of your presence and more of your power and more of your character, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the person of Jesus, Lord, more Jesus today. More Jesus today. And can you pray it with me? Just draw a line in your mind around Shelby County and this community and say, God, we ask you that this is the year that this is not the most unchurched county in the state of Alabama, but this is the year that there's more Jesus in this community. God, more Jesus in the marketplace, more Jesus in the school, more Jesus in the community, more Jesus in the neighborhood. God, we ask you to strengthen with power today. In Jesus' name.